I'm rather busy. Now he's going to move like right along to McGregor. That's his whole life. You know. This was a week where I think we had two bad episodes, but I really enjoyed both of them. Like I kind of agree with you, actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, Excelsius Day more so than the other made no goddamn sense. Had no idea what it was about, but. Again, I had fun with both of these episodes. This is, uh, I think we are, uh, uh, episodes like three were just horrible. We're just unwatchable. But I think this is getting to a point where even a not great episode of The X-Files is still really good because, as you've said, you get Mulder and Scully bouncing off of each other. They're, it's comfortable. It's fun. We're checking out with checking in with people that we like and enjoy hanging out with and – they're solving a spooky mystery like that. That right. I I have said and, this several times. Like it was Saturday night, and it creeped me out a little bit. So that's that's really all I wanted from it. Yeah, and I mean, I'm happy to hear that because I I I, I was hoping that that was going to happen for you. I think that you know certainly in the first season of the X Files, you did not have that reaction yeah. to some episodes that could be these kind of episodes that we have this week and. This is really the charm of the show that that even though these episodes and these episodes aren't bad necessarily. No. I mean, I don't think that they're they weren't boring. They're, they're enter- right. They're they're entertaining. They move along at a nice clip. I think that they make some some questionable choices, which <laughs> we'll talk about. But overall, like yeah, the the plots of these episodes don't necessarily make a whole lot of sense. I think Excelsius Day more than Aubrey. Well, actually, well, I'll take that back. I think they're both kind of incomprehensible, but Well, I guess let's to, well, I guess to start with Excelsius Day, number 1, thematically, I don't think the episode knows what it was about. It starts off as this uh gender roles are changing and, you know, more with more awareness of sexual assault in people and shitty reactions that people have to victims and things like that. It seems like it's going to be an episode about that, but then it turns into an episode about elder abuse and, you know, in Asia we respect our elders and that kind of stuff. But, and then on a plot level, I couldn't tell if it was ghosts, if it was a new drug that fixed Alzheimer's, or whether it was hallucinogenic mushrooms. I don't know what exactly happened in this episode, but... (laughs) I'm not necessarily sure if I care, I guess. Yeah, I don't I don't think it does matter. I mean, I certainly I certainly agree with you that I, I think that this episode had about three different directions it could have gone in and, and maybe would have been a better episode if it had committed to one of them. Yeah. But I don't know. Sometimes life is messy and if this episode of the X Files wants to show the messiness of life then i'm fine with that (laughs) i i i do kind of wonder though about because i look at this and i say okay look at an episode like shapes which also had a lot of the same issues as excelsis day right like it was messy it kind of went in different directions it was about four different things it it also had this uh objectionable ethnic subplot let's say you know with the the native american stuff and shapes and in this episode with the i think they say he's malaysian uh but it's generic asian mysticism because that's what america thinks all asian people are like i guess uh but it starts let's let's start at the beginning with this entity rape and like that's the part of it that always kind of gets me because 
Mulder and Scully kind of reverse roles in this episode. Scully is the one who is very insistent that this is a real thing that happened. And Mulder's like, eh, I don't know. Entity rape is not a very uh, (laughs) well-documented phenomenon, which is hilarious that that he says it like that. Uh, We are talking about the X-Files after all. But... It's the case where we are, so we are, the show is, is telling us that she was actually assaulted and raped, uh, but it doesn't ever seem that interested in that plot and it drops it very quickly to get us to this other place about like elder abuse. And, yeah. and I don't know, and, and, it doesn't and, seem to really grapple with that in any way. I was like, the elder abuse part I thought was hilarious because, I mean, this show doesn't. Yes, I agree. Elder abuse is hilarious. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I guess what I mean is the show doesn't doesn't actually show any elder abuse. And for example, I mean, the worst we see, the one guy who's like, "I'm just making five bucks an hour. If you're not going to take your clothes off for a bath, I don't care." You know, and he's making the old lady eat. And the food. Right. That, I would say we see a shot of the food. It looks very plain, but she is also a woman in her 80s. It's like ham, peas, and eggs and stuff. It looks nourishing enough, right? Like, and he gets. Yeah, you don't. Re- you don't really want to give the old people sriracha. Yeah, like, like <laughs> I, I, I mean, they don't. You know, he doesn't seem the warmest, fuzziest, friendliest guy. Yes, the facilities are in disrepair and have these creepy basements and all of that. I mean, there are some legitimate problems here, but I'm not sure if it goes as far as elder abuse as the episode seems to need it. And I don't, and it almost feels like the episode isn't comfortable going as dark as it may need to. I, I mean, I agree with you. I, I, I think that in general, the, the, the elder abuse in this episode is obviously psychological and not physical. And, 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 and again, there is a lot to be said about a nursing home and the loss of dignity and, you know, this part, this, uh, nobody is comfortable with you have very, you know, you have bad Alzheimer's. Do you stay at home with your family who may not be able to give you the proper care? Do you go to a facility where you can be looked after properly, but you won't have necessarily the loving comfort that you would? Again, it's not an easy situation. And I think it is very interesting that they made an episode hinging around that and around the fucked up feelings that go around it. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, I don't want to move aside from the elder abuse stuff yet, but but I also think that there's a, a there's a questionable or or problematic interpretation of the actions of the Malaysian orderly in this episode because you know he is saying he is spouting the standard things about you know uh, 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 I'm using the term Asian very deliberately because that's yeah what the understanding of this that's what the understanding of the cultures of asia are in this episode they are generic asian um that he has he has a stand-in for all of the ideas about asian cultures that they they respect their elders and they all live together in the same house three and four generations and they all take care of each other and blah 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 right but at the same time he is giving the residents of excelsis day this drug he's making from mushrooms indicating that perhaps the the vaunted you know <laughs> asian uh, uh respect for their elders has more to do with the fact that they don't get alzheimer's because they have this secret mushroom <laughs> and if if the if they had to deal with alzheimer's patients in the same way that what you know westerners do like maybe they wouldn't respect their elders as much and it's just like it's not something that the episode seems to realize is an interpretation that you could make of this episode and it's also very very weird and and let me put it this way this guy genuinely seems to 
have sympathies for the aged in American society. He genuinely seems to want to care for the, them. So for pennies, he could be selling these mushrooms to, mo- to more people, distributing them out, you know, even doing them for free out of the goodness of his heart and helping more people. Like, it, it, it's the typical thing about if, if, if in Malaysia there are these magic mushrooms that take care of aging – this would be sold everywhere around the world if this really worked this well. I mean, I, I right. maybe it's a little churlish to point out that plot hole, but... Well, because they do realize that it is a plot hole or it's a problem that people are going to have with this episode because they do have at the very end the Scully voiceover where she's saying, at the current time, yeah. there are no plans to investigate the mushrooms. And you're like, what? Why? Government cover-up! The guy apparently has a secret cure for Alzheimer's. Yeah. Why wouldn't you study this? It seems bizarre to me. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's talk about um, the 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 nurse a little bit more because I think that there's a weird. Uh, I think there's a weird blaming the victim part yeah. of this episode as well, which I find very very objectionable. I mean, but we but- we. Well, we see her at the beginning of the episode. You know, she's competent. She's uh, uh, not taking any of the other orderly shit. Who's not? Who they're not doing their work. They're just sitting there watching the fight. But then she gets cast into this sort of like emasculating woman role very early on because she's telling the old men they can't watch TV yeah. anymore, and she's strapping one of them in. Why is she doing that? It's not explained, and I guess because maybe he gets up in the middle of the night. I don't know. It, but, it, it, th- she does that after he pinches her ass, though. The, it, in a way, it's a fine you're gonna get handsy i'm gonna i'm gonna strap you down is the i don't know i I don't know if that's a really good efficacy tactic for that or not well now we talk about elder abuse again but well right exactly and that's kind of where i'm getting at is that you know there are some indications that perhaps i don't know if this rises to the level of abuse necessarily but it certainly is not great and then she gets raped by a ghost so what are we supposed to make of this? Well, I, I, you know, I think the episode is at least aware of this, and I think Scully's reactions, and maybe this is the kind of thing where this is Gillian Anderson, you know, putting her own thoughts into it that wasn't on the page, but, uh, I mean, I'm thinking about the scene where the director is saying, well, let me show you her file. She complained about this, and she wanted leave for this and stuff, so with the strong implication that she's making up this assault in order to get something. And you can tell from Scully's reaction, she thinks this is complete bullshit because, you know, no matter what, this woman had bruises on her face. This woman had injuries consistent with assault of this nature. This something happened to her. And sure, maybe she, you know, maybe Scully is willing to consider the, this could be a psychological blocking of what exactly happened. But, you know, she was attacked by somebody, whether it was a ghost entity or a human being is a little besides the point. Scully just wants to find out what happened. Yeah, I mean, obviously, because I think that the indication is that, you know, and I, I don't see any I don't see any reason to, to not believe the show when it tells us that she was attacked by someone or something. Yeah. And, that, you know, but but the especially because we that. see it. Well, right. We also see it. But I but I think that there's two problems with that. Number one is that the episode kind of either isn't interested in resolving that or or isn't or forgets that it exists. Yeah. Right. And it's just a way for us to get into the actual story the episode wants to tell, which it also isn't very good at. But but the other part of that is 
you know, Mulder does say the term entity rate, but but it's never indicated that Scully, like Scully doesn't outright say that her injuries are consistent with rape. She doesn't actually say that she was sexually assaulted and raped. She says that she was assaulted, but like, was she actually raped? Like the episode doesn't seem to make that clear. Well, I don't, don't they mention at one point there was no semen found, for example? Yeah, but I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that someone isn't raped, right? No, of course. What has happened is that they, I found it more of a case of, you know, if they did find find traces of semen, then they would not, that number one, have more evidence to hope, you know, to, I don't know where DNA evidence was at this point of time, but, you know, let's, let's, this is a procedural show. It could be useful. And it also would strongly prove, more strongly prove what had happened to her. I guess. Yeah, I, I can see that. I, but... You know, I guess it feels like for Scully, this is more of a, what, what was Mulder's line in Erlenmeyer Flask? You know, so much evidence and yet, you know, no evidence at all. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's right. And and I think also, too, that, that, you know, like I said, I don't know how much we're actually supposed to take that seriously because the episode only uses that as a vehicle to get into this other story about yeah. this nursing home. Which is a shame. And... I'm, well... No, go ahead. Well, I mean, I really like the conversation when they're first interviewing the old man, and uh, you know, he ha- he has this one line like, "Oh, ever since this sexual harassment fad or whatever." And again, he's you know, the, like I said, this is why I th- I think the part of the episode that's a generational uh, differences in the understanding of harassment. Again, this isn't a fad. This is more growing understanding of these things as harassment of women realizing that they have rights and the, and and demanding them rightfully so i mean yeah. uh, i i love what he says he, he says at one point you know let's say i you know just said you were very pretty would that be assault and we know that he has done more than just simply say to the nurse oh you're a pretty lady oh darling you know that what which, we, uh, you know, our understanding is that wouldn't be okay as well. But that's not what he's doing. He's grabbing her ass. We assume that we are given the, the given the understanding that this is pretty much how he's how he interacts with this woman every day, that every day she is going and going into a place where this guy is going to say sleazy shit to her. It's not just simply complimenting her beauty. Right, because he is he is uh, uh, coming at this from a generation that believe that that women's bodies are there for yeah. them to control and enjoy, uh, and and that I think is probably something that we don't need to dwell on too much because it's kind of understood at this point. But well, not by our that, president, uh, not by the president. Well, but. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But but I also think it's it's important to to contextualize this as well because I, I do think that one of the things that i like about this episode is that it treats the old people as people yeah uh, with, with their own thoughts and desires and personalities and i think that you know in general uh people infantilize old people or they don't treat them as actual people and yeah certainly some of that is due to the fact that oh, someone that has alzheimer's yeah. their personality is pretty much gone they don't know it you know who who is even talking to them they're non-communicative they're they're confused a lot of the time but but i think that it's it's an interesting juxtaposition because like it's okay to think that the old man is kind of a jerk yeah uh, but not want him to be abused and it's kind of like i don't know what the episode is trying to say about any of that though i mean just like it's okay you know it's one thing for this nurse to be kind of brusque and maybe she's not you know 
sweet and docile, but she also, you know, even if she's going to be a killjoy, she doesn't deserve to be sexually assaulted either. I mean, that's... uh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think that goes without saying, but the the episode doesn't really seem to be interested in 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 arguing that whatsoever i well, mean again this is one of those episodes where somebody wrote half of it and then they passed it on to somebody else who finished it that's what it, you know it feels like one of those episodes yeah something got lost in the draft process that perhaps i don't know if it was a worse episode before that or a better episode than uh before that but well i think maybe um the last thing to talk about with this episode before we move on to aubrey because holy shit um is what are we supposed to make of the 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 kind of understated idea in this episode that part of the reason why all of this is happening is I mean we haven't even grappled with the ghost stuff and we'll just leave that aside because I don't think there's any way that we can really deal yeah. with that satisfactorily but what are we supposed to make about this kind of through line in the episode about budgetary cuts and, you know, the, the the fact that the old people are not being properly cared for because there's no budget for it. Meanwhile, this doctor seems very committed to them and he thinks he's doing a good job, but he's actually not. And then the, you've got the director of the institution who is, I don't think she's like an evil person, but she certainly is not very uh, interested in being uh, uh, a good supervisor. She's somebody who believes her own press releases, I think. Okay. Yeah, like I—I well, I, I mean, she she says several times, like no abuse goes on in this place, and she, you know, she has a very high opinion of this. And yes, I think I, the doctor, from what we from what we see of them, seems to be a good, compassionate doctor. If he's not able to be living there residentially, if they don't have the proper medical staff that they need, well, keep in mind we are only a few years removed from Reagan at this point. So and Bush. So yeah, we there probably were a lot of cuts to healthcare at this point. Um there I I I I think she is somebody who is attempting to make the best of a bad budgetary situation of certain financial realities whilst and while still trying to maintain a standard of care that actually does help these people. And I think she tends to look at the successes more than she looks at the failures. I think so, and I, I also think that it's kind of interesting that the episode is is filled with women that uh, have very different motivations, personalities, do not necessarily like each other, but I, I don't think that, I mean, that maybe is the one saving grace of this episode, is that the women in this episode all do seem like yeah. people, which I guess is damning with faint praise, but you kind of got to take it where you can get it, I guess. I mean, we get to see that old lady who was in everything around this time. So it's, you know, that's always nice. Yeah, that's always nice. <laughs> and she gets to be kind of like crazy and nice. And, and, and I don't know. It's just at the end of the day, you're right. Like, it's not a great episode. It's got a lot of messy parts. And I don't know what point it was trying to make. But at, at this point in the show's run, even an episode like this is maybe okay because we've got we get Mulder and Scully together and they're entertaining even when the plot is shitty yeah and we also get Mulder making a weird joke about porn which is always great yeah oh all right well let's talk about Aubrey then because I think this is another episode that I'm not sure how I feel about I don't think it's very good but there's something compelling about it yeah it's I could I can't say I saw the twist coming. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I, I, I think that the twist is perhaps one of the most hokey things that the X-Files has done so far. Yeah. Uh, it, I don't know. I there's a It's weird because this week is kind of about like women in society in a way, isn't it? Because yeah. she is, uh, you know, she is a, by all accounts, successful, competent police professional, but she's in this relation, this secret relationship with her boss and she gets pregnant and he does not really take her seriously and does not really treat her as a person. Yeah. I mean, this, 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 he, 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 not he he is really paternalistic with her he seems to be he's answering questions for her he's trying to be protective of her and his own relationship at the same uh, and his own self at the same time certainly and i mean i can appreciate how for the both of them her pregnancy does become an issue that is it, it that is a thing yeah, no, it, it definitely is a thing. And I think that, you know, one of the things that the episode is, is, is trying to say, perhaps, is that, I mean, leaving aside all of the, the weird genetic memory stuff for a moment, because we'll get to that. But the episode starts out on a very strange note, because Mulder's line about, I always, what did he say? Like, uh, I always find oh, yeah. the name of BJ very interesting or something. And that is a weird line because, I mean, it's a joke and Mulder is charming and handsome and he can get away with it. But at the same time, I don't know if the episode is aware of the ways in which it is already painting women out to be well, objects of sexual. <laughs> like, but, Well, you know let, me, I mean? let me point out that I, I, this proves nothing, but uh, I, a woman's name was the writer of the episode. So... I almost wonder if some of that, I mean, all of that then to me feels a little intentional. In other words, you know, they are portraying, you know, I I, I think there's a, there's a degree of this is what being a woman is like. These are comments that men will make. These are, uh, this is the way that your boss will react to you. Those kind of things. I I do feel like it might be depicting neutrally with the extent of, with the intent of criticizing rather than just, you know, this is a funny thing and this is how it should be. Like, I, I don't think the episode agrees with that. And But that said, that is a very creepy line coming from Mulder. Mulder is somebody who likes his porn and likes, you know, likes looking at naked ladies but is also going to be – he definitely – puts a boundary between this is what I'm doing in the privacy of my own home and having these certain fantasies as distinct from actual women that he is interacting with on a day-to-day basis, right? He doesn't, he's never, we've never seen him make any lewd comments towards Scully herself. I mean, all of his porn jokes are more jokes on himself. Uh, But, I mean, but isn't that, I mean, couldn't that be a criticism of it anyway, though, that that Mulder, I mean, you know, the Madonna horror complex thing, right? Fair enough. I, you know, I mean, I think that there's an indication, perhaps, that Mulder does kind of subscribe to that theory a little bit. And yeah, and that, I, I'm not sure. On the one hand, I can see that. On the other hand, he's also somebody who doesn't. I don't see Mulder as having the bandwidth for a relationship, and I don't see many women as being able to really. Why he he's a challenging person to be to date, right? Let's let's leave, right. let's leave it that. And so I think, therefore, perhaps Mulder's sexuality has been completely subsumed into his private porn stash, and 
that is his, you know, that's his entire outlet for that. And so therefore he, he, he's not going to have sexual relationships with women, not because he wishes them to be Madonna's, but because, you know, that's not the right place for that. And I'm just going to be professional. I'm interacting with this women particular, primarily and, and solely in many cases as colleagues. And so therefore sexuality is not appropriate to enter into this. I don't know. It's not, yeah, but then he doesn't have a healthy sexuality. I think we can say. Right. But then why does he keep making all of these weird porn jokes to Scully? I think he's trying to freak out his sister a little bit. I, I again, and I, I think it's like I said, the jokes to me come to the jokes for me come more as Mulder poking fun of at himself for the fact that this is the entirety of his his sex life or lack thereof will does kind of paint him as a loser. He's not somebody who is abiding by the cultural rules of what it means to be a cool dude. He's not getting a different chick every episode. He is not betting a lot of women. He is sitting at home jerking off by himself, and that's kind of a little sad, and I think that's really where the focus of his porn jokes usually, to me, seem to lie. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's right. And But I guess also juxtap- juxtaposing Mulder in this episode with the, uh, uh, the, the uh, bald, mustachioed uh, police officer. Who, Played by who John having- Locke. Played by John Locke. I'm glad you picked up on that. Oh, it, um, it, it, it's really because fu- Lost was about ten years after this. It's those were the ten years that Terry O'Quinn aged, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he aged a lot in those ten years. Although he looked better in Lost than he did in this. Well, episode. yeah. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, I I do think that that it's it's weird to juxtapose Mulder in this episode with with that character though because you know he doesn't get a lot of screen time. He's not really. He's not portrayed as someone sympathetic. He's a little bit controlling. He's a little bit dismissive. Uh, you know, we don't know what his pressures are. He's obviously married, having an affair with someone, and then she gets pregnant, and he doesn't really know how to deal with it. And when she tells him, sort of towards the end of the episode, that she's thinking about having the baby, he gets very uh, yeah. controlling. Let's say, and 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 it is the case that I don't think we're supposed to think he's a great guy, but it seems like there's no indication in this episode whatsoever that any of the men in this episode are good guys. Mulder is not really coming across as a good yeah. guy. You know, he's making weird jokes about her name to, to Scully. He's aggressively questioning her. Um, you know, the, the police officer is obviously not a great guy, at least in terms of his relationship with, with this, with this woman, BJ. And then also the other male, the other main male character of this episode is a literal serial killer. Yeah, but I also don't I, – I, 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 I think that the episode also makes these – the men out to be I, – I, I don't think it says they're bad or evil guys. I mean Mulder we certainly like. The police – Well, the serial killer is not a good guy. Well, but at the same time he does I, – I, I, I think we do need to take into consideration as he does say – I served my time. They said I had some mental illnesses. I've been treated for those. And he has spent the at, at he is somebody who was a monster when he was very young. At this point, he is an old dying man who just sits at home and watches TV. So he's not a good person, certainly. But he as as of the time of this episode, I think he has become defanged. Maybe. Well, he has become defanged because he is an old man and incapable yeah. of actually. Uh, uh, 
coming through with his his desires but i don't think that he is i don't think he's cured i don't think you cure someone who's a serial killer no and he's not somebody i want to hang out with no no and i also think his interactions with scully when they first go to his house are incredibly creepy and are 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 intentionally creepy i mean he keeps calling her little sister yeah he's he's leering at her i i think that his his protestations of of I did my time and I was cured and they gave me pills and everything's fine now. I mean, Scully is obviously extremely skeptical yeah. of that, but but the episode is also um, telling us that Scully is right to be skeptical of this. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, again, everybody is on the dark side of gray on this. Maybe is what we would say about it. Well, I think, I mean, I don't know if you're going far enough. I think we would say that all of the men in this episode yeah. are on, on the gray side of dark or whatever you want to say. I yeah. mean, I, I do think in some ways this is an episode about the ways in which men control women. Yes. Oh, no, I would uh, I would definitely agree with that. Um, very literally in the case of poor BJ, who is being possessed by her genetics. I mean, you know, it, it, it's... It makes no sense, yeah. obviously. So, so, and I, I, fa- I mean, if the uh, if the old man had died years before and she was possessed by his ghost, that would have been a better look. But um, anyway, I, well, we need to grapple with that plot line because the twist was a little bit weird, and I also think that I don't know to what degree I buy this this i mean yes. i it, it I, i'm about to say something that, that may come across as unbelievable or a little bit churlish when we are talking about the x-files but i think that having her be possessed by the genetic memory of her grandfather is a little bit too far even for this show i was to say it's uh, uh so our our line of crazy is a frozen brain can control one's own brother but You know, a a genetic memory causing you to kill is on the other side of that line. I think that's so far where we're figuring out our we can't take this shit thing. I Um, I think so, because I don't think that the I mean, well, bringing up Roland is an interesting comparison, because I think that Roland at least went some way towards justifying that or explaining that in in terms of because I don't really necessarily have a problem with the concept behind the twist. But the problem is that the episode doesn't do any groundwork to justify how this could be the case. What it's trying to do. And see, this is something that I thought was thematically clearer than Excelsius Day. This is an episode about becoming our parents. Right. I mean, Mulder has that monologue about sunflower seeds. And, you know, Mm -hmm. why do I eat sunflower seeds? My dad ate sunflower seeds. Am I just, you know, am I just eating sunflower seeds because my dad did? And when uh, BJ is talking in the park, like, oh, my mother was so overprotective, I would never do that. And now I totally understand. And we all become our mothers, those kind of a things. And right. when one is the descendant of evil, and I think we can use the term evil no matter where uh, Coakley is at the in the events of this episode – when one's relative when one's parents are evil and one becomes one's parents what does that mean again i think it's they take it in the most absurd and literal <laughs> version of that whatsoever and they have to do so much just if they i mean his saying well it skips a generation is the only way that they could preserve the twist whatsoever well, right. It skips a generation. Then also, it, for some reason, it doesn't start until she herself becomes pregnant, which what? I mean, I you know, 
I thought it was absolutely ridiculous that it turned out. I mean, the ages only vaguely lined up themselves. So her, she's let's say she's about thirty in this episode, and her sure. father was. You know, they're saying, well, he would have been the child would have been fifty. So the father has been was killed in action. You know, he had her at twenty and then died at twenty five when she was five years old. Like that kind of a thing is the yeah implication of that you know i frankly thought where it was going was that the police chief was actually the son and so you know she had she was carrying his child rather than it being her own genetics again i thought that it was the fetus which was evil and controlling her that may have and (laughs) and shockingly enough i feel like that would have made a lot more sense plot wise I, I think it would have. I mean, one of the things that I think is is we may have to grapple with is the fact that this was 1995. And so the idea of genetics, the idea of DNA, uh, you know, while this was not a, a completely new idea, it also was becoming very sort of of the time, right? And yeah. I mean, I remember only a few years later talking about the gay gene, which people still fucking think exists. But Right. And, and also, let's not forget, this was around the same time of the O.J. Simpson trial and DNA yeah. was a big part of that. And that was kind of one of the first big, huge uh, 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 court cases that you know hinged on that yeah. sort of evidence and and also the so, human so, genome project was going on which the episode which the show has mentioned at times so yeah there is a it, it's funny to see which episodes are existed because of the trends at the time because of the things people were thinking and talking about Right, because I think that, that that's something the X-Files does, not all the time, but sometimes, certainly. And I think that, that sometimes it works and, and sometimes it doesn't work. I mean, I, I actually sort of compare this episode in my mind a little bit to, to Ghost in the Machine from the first season, yeah. right? Like, that was another episode that was very of its time, was very interested in, in, in concerns that people had in 1993 about computers. And it comes across as as goofy and, and, and uh, campy now. I don't think that this episode comes across as campy only because of the subject matter is a little bit gruesome but it is the case that i don't i it it feels like the show is trying to be uh of its time and trying to make some sort of point about a hot button issue and not really doing a good job of justifying it or understanding it even well again like the like excessius day's treatment of sexual assault and the changing uh views around that (laughs) it does it fumbles it this fumbles the genetics memory stuff but yeah so i mean well, what do you make of Mrs. Thibodeau then? Because oh, I we love haven't talked her. about her. Yeah, I mean, she's a great character, and I, I want her to be my grandmother. But aside from that, I, I, I think that in a certain sense, having Mulder, uh, I mean, a, how the hell could he get? detailed hospital admittance records from 50 years ago i don't think we can do that now uh like it seems frankly a little bit unbelievable that he was able to determine that she went into the hospital again nine months after uh her attack i i I just find that to be uh completely unbelievable but we'll just have to go for it for the sake of the episode but then like he has this bizarre theory about what is happening and it turns out to be the case but it it it's I don't know it's just something about it that I and I don't know that I can really uh, verbalize it well but but there are certain there are certain leaps of logic that Mulder engages in that I find believable or I don't have a problem with and then some things like this episode where I just have to throw up my hands and go what the fuck am I watching uh, well I I had one of the opposite problem during the, actually during the section where they're trying to reconstruct well what was written on the 
skeleton and I'm shouting the t- at the TV, brother, brother, it says brother, it's obviously right. brother, don't you right. see that? You know? And they're just like, well, what word could it possibly be? <laughs> like, and yeah. Of, and of course, having it be BJ come in and say, I know what it says yeah. is supposed to be a foreshadowing of where the episode eventually goes, <laughs> but... It's a silly episode, again, which... Maybe it does gun. Uh, maybe it's true. It does undercut some of the gravitas of the subject matter. Um, I don't know. I I mean, I think that the episode hangs together fairly well, except for the the reveal that that BJ is being controlled by the genetic yeah. memory of her serial killer grandfather. Like that's that's the one part of the episode that doesn't track for me. But I think that in terms of the execution of what it's trying to say about women, I think it does a good job. Yeah. And I also think it's really, really creepy. And I understood the plot. Again, I didn't understand quite the plot of Excelsius Day. I have to, you know, with with Aubrey, I have to accept that genetic memory can do this. But once you accept that bit of techno babble, the episode makes sense. Uh, yeah, I think techno babble is actually a perfect name for it because I was kind of thinking about that in that term as well. Like this is in effect the X Files version of Star Trek techno babble, yeah. and you either have to go with it or you just throw up your hands and you're never going to be able to grapple with this episode on any level other than incredulity. I think. Yeah. But and maybe if this were one of the first episodes I was watching, I would have thrown up my hands. I think by this point, I, I'm 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 going with it. Okay, genetic memory makes you a serial killer. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they do get to throw around young, so that's great. I guess. The last thing I want to talk about before we wrap this episode up is we we haven't talked at all about the the, the connection between. Mulder and and these FBI agents that were you know murdered fifty years ago, and I think oh. on one level, obviously there there's not too much to say because it doesn't really have anything to do with the uh, uh, thematic uh, you know resonances of this episode, but. It does, I think, say something about the ways in which the show is interested in using the history of the FBI. Yeah, yeah, like, because I, it. Well, I, I, it, 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 it's. I mean, this reminds me of, you know, oh, it's the very first X-File made by J. Edgar Hoover. What episode was that even? I don't remember. That was Shapes. That was Shapes. Okay. And I, you know, I think I said, like, this is, this is kind of stupid because of all, you know, you would think that that would be a very significant case. And it's this. I, it would have made more sense if Roswell had been the first X-File. Right. For example, here, I mean, there is a little work done where he's saying, you know, they used to, th- you know, people used to think psychological profiling was a lot of hooey, and, you know, now people think paranormal stuff is a lot of hooey, who knows where in 40 years we're going to be, and obviously Mulder is making it his work to get paranormal stuff accepted as truth in the world. I I, right. I feel like they could have done more with that theme. I would have liked to have seen more, de- because there is a lot of depth and resonance that could be plumbed that they just don't because they have to move on to other things i I think so and i also think that the show i mean one of the things that i kind of like about that though is that the 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 show never states or never reminds us that the way that Mulder got started was in the behavioral sciences unit and he was himself um he is in this position now of of working on the x-files in an official fbi capacity 
because of the work that these two dead FBI agents yeah. did 50 years ago. You know, and that itself is is kind of a nice closed circle in a way. Yeah. I thought it was a good time. Like I said, these uh, these two episodes were at least fun. This is a fun show when it's working. I, I, I'm glad you're saying that because I, I think that, uh, you know, you were not saying that, uh, yeah. you know, last season. No, and... no, it's 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 I mean, I think the part of that is just a simple, you know, the writers are getting better at knowing the characters. Duchovny and Anderson are getting better at understanding who these characters are. I'm getting more used to it. Um, And also, I mean, what se- season two has leveled up in terms of what they're doing, what the overarching plot, where they're taking these characters. Although I will say, I thought it was a slight missed opportunity because we're eventually going to have to deal with the shot that we saw of Scully pregnant in the alien ship. And I thought that this episode was going to begin with that a little bit because, again, she, you know, here's pregnancy. This is a perfect opportunity to right. <laughs> to do that, especially with Scully have, you know, recognizing, number one, that they're having an affair and that, you know, BJ is pregnant and all of that. Obviously, she is a doctor with women's intuition, so... But it seemed like... Well, <laughs> <laughs> we, I mean, we didn't even mention that part of the episode, which I, I found to be... Uh, uh, I don't know. I I found it offensive on behalf of women. Maybe I shouldn't yeah. say that, but I do think but, that but, it was a it, little. I I mean I I it is very obvious based on their interactions. You know, even in the few minutes that yes, there is something going on between the two of them, and it's not a leap for a doctor who is very insightful like Scully to you know make the make a very educated guess and risk being right. I mean, you know, it does seem like you know when she asked, "Oh, and you're pregnant too." It's a partial moonshot, but not not out of left field. Um, yeah, but but what what turns it into a little yeah. bit of a cliche for me is that line about oh well, it's women's intuition. I mean, which... frankly, give Mulder that. Oh, what is that? Women's intuition? No, it's incredibly obvious. He was guiding right. her. He answered the question for her. She's throwing up, and she's very upset about something. You know, either she's got food poisoning or something else is happening. You know, it's it's right, but. Uh, who knows? Yeah. Well, I, I I think you're right, and I think that that's all we can say about these episodes. Not great, but entertaining, and the show is working for you. I'm happy the show is working for you, and I think that that even in episodes that are not the best, you can still get something out of them. So, well, I mean, as we long as con- they're not three. Yeah. Well, I think you could make an argument that maybe the show doesn't necessarily work when Mulder and Scully are apart. But I, 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 I think that is very fair to say. Again, one of the reasons I really didn't like three was because there was Mulder was very uninteresting and there wasn't at least the two of them. Again, at the very least, put 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 Gillian Anderson and David Duchovny in a room and they'll be fun to watch. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That That's really what it comes down to is that the X-Files at its worst uh, if you have Mulder and Scully together, you just like watching these characters have a good time together, and that's really what it comes down to, and that's what powers you through some of the worst episodes of the show. Yeah, at times it's a Mulder and Scully delivery system, and that's great. Yeah. All right, well, I think that's it for Excelsis Day and Aubrey. If you have any thoughts on either of these episodes, please go to tuninginshow.com and leave a comment. You can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash truckaboutshow, which also supports our other long-running podcast, Truckabout. Two days ago, we released our episode on the Star Trek Voyager episodes, Threshold and Meld. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we are there. Tuning in show is our username in all those places. 
And as always, please leave us an iTunes review for tuning in. It is the best way for new people to find the show. The best. Na- the best. The biggest. But you know the who's best, the most beautiful. You know who the best are? You, the listeners. That is always true. Next week, we're going to be talking about the episodes Irresistible and Da Honda de Welklitz. Mac, why do you...